Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm here in front of a live audience with today's guest at the Malvern Festival of Innovation. Originally from Bulgaria, his passion for engineering and innovation brought him to the UK and the opportunities he found meant he's since made Hereford his home. His company, Simple Design Works, is a product design agency, but he runs it in such a way as to be far more than that as he collaborates with like-minded people to help make Hereford a vibrant, creative and connected place to live and work. With close links to the new engineering university, Enmite, he's making great progress with this ambition and I know I always come away from any discussion with him feeling inspired and motivated. He is <laughs> Christo Shivachev. How are you doing, Christo? I'm good. Thank you for having me down. Yeah, Thank no, you. it's a pleasure. Thank you for uh, for agreeing to do this, even though um, you were sort of made to do it, weren't you? A little bit, yeah. I was told. Normally you ask, <laughs> so I get the opportunity to say no, but this time I got told, so yeah. Thank yeah, you I mean, that. I did ask, but I didn't ask you. That's right, yeah. Quite cleverly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, your website is simpledesignworks.co.uk. That's correct, yeah. So uh, people can go on there and uh, see what you're all about and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you kindly came in on one of the early episodes of the podcast, I did. didn't you? I mean, yeah. one of the really early ones, I think. Was it was it? one of the first ones, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was, uh, you know, I was uh, really uh, grateful for you to come and do that because, you know, it was early days. You didn't know if it was uh, if I was going to carry on doing it or <laughs> if it was going to be anything, but you, you agreed. No, it was a lot of fun actually talking to you and I've never done one of these things before and I never felt felt comfortable in front of the mic or the camera so I thought you've got to face your fears you've got to go and do it because um, if anything is going to make it easier then that would be having done on the other side so <laughs> <laughs> it was a no-brainer for me uh, that's very kind yeah. well um, I'm not going to go through your whole kind of you know history and everything again but mm-hmm. um, for, for the benefit of people that are a, here in the audience and those who are, who are listening for the first time do you want to give us a quick kind of potted history of you know, how you came to be here and running your own business? Yeah, uh, very briefly, I was born in Bulgaria and I grew up um, just on the seaside. I was very fortunate to enjoy the weather and everything that comes with the beach. Uh, but, um, you know, very early on, I, I realized that um, I was into computers a lot and into problem solvings. And there were so many things that excited me. I, I knew I was going to be one of these people who are never going to have just a job. Mm-hmm. It was always going to be fun and I was going to be completely obsessed about it and uh, <laughs> that's, that's the way it was. But uh, basically when I got to 18 I didn't know what to do. I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to continue my education and there were different things I could, I could study but I just didn't know. So I, I decided to go to the Navy and take a year and just work it out. And um, uh, they made me, they put me in charge of some big guns <laughs> which I <laughs> didn't think was a very clever decision. Uh, but actually that gave me the opportunity to take them apart and fix them and, and I okay. really fell, fell, in, fell in love with the engineering side of things. So I decided to continue my education in engineering and um, took a break three years into the course, visited the UK and that's where all my plans fell apart uh, <laughs> because I was meant to go back but I met someone, uh, I started yeah. a family and uh, <laughs> yeah. You know the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I remember you saying on the, the previous episode that 
when you came over to the UK, you found that there was a lot more opportunity in terms of in the sort of engineering space. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a very different different kind of world because back home, you know, if you wanted to get involved in engineering, you have to have the qualification, you have to get the right experience, and normally it takes years. And and, and it was so quick here, you know, you meet right. people and they kind of find out about you and find out about what you can do and what you're studying. And there were so many opportunities to get involved and make a difference right away. Mm-hmm. So I really loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then, um, so yeah, just take us quickly again for the benefit of uh, first time listeners uh, through your kind of that point where you decided to, to start your own business. Well, I was working for a really good company, actually. I love the company, I love the team, and it was a medical sector company. So it was a product and, and a range of products that were making a real difference to people. So I absolutely loved it. But um, what I found is after after seven years with the business, things became a little bit less exciting because you knew the whole product range and the design became incremental changes and mm-hmm. you know the, the excitement wasn't there. And as I said, I can't just get up in the morning and go to work. <laughs> I've got to be excited about something. I've got to be yeah. waiting for something to happen. And at that at that point, it just felt that, you know, I need to go and do my own thing. And um, there was an opportunity to get involved in uh, redesigning Nissan's production line as they were bringing the Infinity cars into the country. Mm-hmm. And initially, it kind of overlapped. I started working through the nights and over the weekends, and there was no time <laughs> off. It was just, you know, design, <laughs> and I loved it. And um, then I realized that, I'm either going to die or I'm going to have to choose one or the other. Um, but um, yeah, at that point it felt, you know what, you can you can make that step. And there was no bigger picture. There was no plans or there was no big vision. Yeah. It just felt, you know, take it one step at a time, see what happens. If it goes wrong, you just get another job. Mm-hmm. Um, so fortunately it worked out. Yeah, yeah. And um, we worked with Nissan for nine months and the project was a big success. We ended up redesigning the whole production line after that. Um, but I found the county a little bit slow when it comes to developing business. There weren't that many opportunities then and you know it was very difficult to get to talk to people and, and, uh, and get work. So I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to employ a couple of designers and we're going to start advertising nationwide. Okay. So... Um, that worked out as well. So we've um, basically after year two, we've been pretty much doubling in size every year. Um, right. Yeah. Business yeah. has been very good, and we had opportunities to support some pretty amazing clients. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, even in the time that I've known you, which is what I don't know, a couple of years. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It, your business has grown <laughs> quite a lot. Well, we have some really exciting plans for next year, but oh, yeah? uh, I'm not going to let anything <laughs> away at this point. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, so, I mean. It sounds like you kind of you, you recognize the kind of marketing problem straight. I mean, when I say the marketing problem, I mean the marketing problem that everyone has, <laughs> you know, that you have to go and do some yeah. to get the new business. You sort of saw that very early on and decided to, you know, reach out further and, and I guess yeah. become a business owner rather than the person doing the design work. Well, it was a very logical thing for me to do. Um, the market wasn't quick enough for me it wasn't big enough for me so what do you do you get a different market you yeah. know you go into different things yeah and you know don't get me wrong that wasn't a smooth process we tried a lot of things some of them kind of worked some of the times <laughs> others <laughs> didn't work at all so it was a constant constantly evolving our thinking and our view on how we're going to approach these 
uh, these right. opportunities and how we're going to create these opportunities. Uh, it kind of allowed us to actually work out what we don't want to do as well. Okay. Uh, so it was a very useful exercise. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you started with two two employees that you brought yeah. on. Um, and you've grown, how many have you got It's now? 11 at the moment, but we should be taking on someone else very shortly. Right. Yeah, I think you say that to me pretty much every time we speak. <laughs> We're about to be taking on someone yeah. else. And it's growing rapidly. Okay, so um, I said in the intro about your your sort of uh, philosophy of, you know, collaborating and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. and obviously I've seen that firsthand and mm. seen what you've done with other companies. Can you talk to us a bit about that approach and... You know, particularly your desire to make Hereford a, 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 what did we say, a vibrant, creative and connected yeah, place. Yeah, I, I fell in love with the county. I mean, I couldn't, if I had to live in a different county, I'd probably leave the country for some reason. It just feels <laughs> home. Um, um, I can't explain it. It's not logical. But right. I think ever since Brexit came along, um, it just became, obvi- became obvious to me that, you know, you can't put it all on the government. You know, businesses have to take responsibilities. They're going to have to step up and create opportunities and, and try and develop the local economy as much as possible and work together and collaborate because the government had so many issues and so many things to deal with. You know, if we didn't do anything, then you, you have no right to complain <laughs> because we genuinely yeah. have the opportunity to do something about this. So to me... That was one, that, that was what started it. But then again, it was my passion to actually deliver actual results to business because design is a little bit like drill bits. Nobody wants it. People just want to hang their picture on the wall. So right, what's yeah. the point of designing a product? It, the point is to make your business stronger, to, to, to grow it, to achieve new things, to, in, to improve your product, yeah. product range and just to grow as a company. So to me, doing just design was not enough. You mm-hmm. can have a brilliant design and you can completely fail launching a product because your marketing department isn't right, or mm. you don't understand your consumer um, profile, or because you don't have the right manufacturing partners. So to me, it, it was clear I wanted to create that network and I wanted to team up with the right people. Mm-hmm. And every single element of that equation, I wanted to get right. So mm-hmm. when people come to us, we can say, well, we can help you with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we made a mistake of trying to do it all to start with. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, did <laughs> that didn't go well. Right. <laughs> we very quickly started to produce results that were just on the right side of average. And right. we had to let go. We had to think, well, this is not what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So we're good at design. We do design. But we're going to link up with the right businesses and just um, just help people this way and companies this way. Yeah, okay. So that's been a more effective uh you're sticking to your lane, as they say. Well, it helps you specialize in something. The bottom line is you're never going to be good at everything, really, unless you employ 150 people plus. You're not going to have the focus of doing things right. Yeah, you know? yeah. So employing 11 people and saying, we help you with everything, you know. It's just not going to work, is it? No. You're going to produce no. average work, like you say. Yeah. And, uh, okay, okay. And so um, in terms of kind of, has that, has that helped with growing the business in terms of you know cross referrals and and that it sort of thing because I know you, you you partner with uh, an IP. Uh, yeah, firm, we work very you? closely with one of the biggest intellectual property firms in the country, Barker Brittel. Mm-hmm. So they're our intellectual property partners, and um, we love them. They they're just fun lawyers. We every time <laughs> you meet lawyers. a lawyer, they're, they're <laughs> like not not like normal people. They're uh, they're very. Um, professional and they, they're careful with what they say but Barker Brittel just felt different they were genuinely right. the kind of people you go and have a pint on a Friday yeah uh, with so yeah uh, the chemistry was right so that was the right thing for us to do 
And what we've done since is we've developed a, a process that's kind of integrated process in the development stage. Mm -hmm. We involve the intellectual property team in the right time. Right, okay, um, yeah. A lot of clients see protection completely the wrong way. Uh, the only reason for protecting your product is to create monopoly on the, on the market. Mm -hmm. So the biggest mistake you can make is to design something and try and patent what you've designed. You should also right. try and include all the other ways of doing this in okay, the patent application right. because okay. you create a bigger monopoly on the market. Okay. So we often have clients who come to us and say, our competitors are doing it this way. There's their patent. Can you find a solution, alternative solution? And the answer 99% of the time is, yeah, we yeah. can. <laughs> so what we decided to do is, in order to give the best from the design and protection world to our client, to actually work together mm -hmm. and try and work out, work out all the good ways of achieving a certain brief and making sure that you put as much as possible of that in the, in the patent application. Okay, right. Okay, interesting. So that's worked really, really well. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess as designers then, you have to come up with all the alternative different ways that a problem could be solved in order to patent anyway. it. brainstorm yeah. anyway. You have yeah, to go yeah, through it. You know, there's a lot of value in dismissing ideas. You can't just leave it to chance. So you right. really need to explore everything. So at that point, having a patent attorney saying, well, this actually isn't protected. And even though it's not the best way of doing it, actually it does limit options further. Right. So okay. adding this to your patent application doesn't mean you're adding cost to the process, but it does mean that you have your competitors will have less options. You're protecting it yeah. all around. Right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And um, yeah, I mean, so so how have you made that work for you then in terms of is it just a case of building a really good relationship with a company like that? Or is there a bit more to it? Is there more systems and structures in place? It's definitely both. I think you yeah. need to start with a team of people that you genuinely like and they fit with fitting with who you are. Mm -hmm. uh, and to us, that was Barker Patel, 100%. And then it was a case of organizing meetings with the right people, discussing how we can structure the process. We had to put paperwork together when it comes to non-disclosure agreements so we can make the flow of information a little bit smoother for the client. Um, there was a lot to do internally. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't get it right to start with. There was things that we, you know, we could improve and we did improve over time. But um, yeah, we very quickly got to a formula that worked really well. We knew exactly what was the most patentable and innovative feature in a design so we can emphasize it as much as possible. Right. And also we learned how to report uh, what brings value to the patent application at the right time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. And then... Yeah, I mean, in terms of them working as an integrated part of of your workflow and everything, I mean, because I, I guess one of the worries with having an external team like that, an external company, might be that they're busy with all their other projects and, you know, they can't quite fit your project in, but you've got your client who wants things to move along at a certain pace. How do you manage that aspect of it? Well, it's, it's all prep work, to be honest with you. And, you know, when a project comes along, we normally have a lead time. And it's just understanding what, uh, what for example, Barker Britell are working to at this mm -hmm. point. You can manage customer expectations, but y y understanding what the timescales are, you, you make sure that you don't start and stop and then lose focus and, and so on. You just mm -hmm. time it in a way that it's efficient for both businesses. And mm -hmm. um, what we found is we were actually able to improve on timescales doing it this way. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very quick process. Normally, by the time we actually start development, searches were done, initial consultations are done, and we've got right. the next bits booked in. 
Okay, and is it a bit like because I know um, sort of web developers and 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 people you know building websites they often complain well not complain but they mention <laughs> that um, you know it's really hard getting the content from the clients and things. Do you, is that a not is that really hard because for you or do you just get the brief and then you're kind of no we don't work like this. We do get a formal brief initially. Mm. We we hold a wor workshop to start with where we go through all the options and we make sure that we haven't missed anything, but. To us, design is a collaborative process, you know. Mm -hmm. A client comes to us with an idea. It's not fair for us to take it away and come back in a month and say, well, there's a solution. Yeah. You know, that's their baby. They need to be a part of this process. So we break it down into regular meetings, regular discussions, and we bring our expertise, our views, our opinions, and our work mm -hmm. to the table. But it's a case of the client buying into the process and understanding why certain things are done this way. Yeah. So what you find is with development very often, um, with development, very often you have to take ideas away and sleep on them. You can't just yeah. make a decision. Or you have yeah. to ask your focus group or if you have people that you're, you're speaking to about your design. Yeah. Um, so what we try and do is we're trying to keep things moving as efficiently as possible, but you shouldn't rush design. No, um, no. It is a creative process and it's an iterative yeah. process. And if you rush it, you may end up missing things. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... Um that's a good point and you know similar with what we do with the photography and the video it's like it's sometimes trying to communicate that to people that it does take time because in the same way as you we have to sometimes you know you take all the pictures and all, yeah. all record all the footage you actually do need to just sleep on it for a couple of days yeah. don't you or sometimes a week just give yourself yeah. that gap yeah. and then you come back to it and you look at it sort of from a slightly less involved position mm -hmm. don't you because I know I've been on I've been on shoots and I've been like oh that's a brilliant picture and then you leave it a week and you come back and you're like, actually, it wasn't that good. It's just, <laughs> I, I don't know, something happened on the moment and we enjoyed it. So I think, is, is, do you ever struggle with sort of communicating to people why that gap is important or are they, are they generally well, we, on board we with we found it? a way of solving this problem. We just made them a part of the problem. So <laughs> when okay. we come up with ideas uh, <laughs> that, for example, if you had a problem and you came up with two or three different solutions, We'll ask the question, you know, if you're expecting for somebody to answer it, the three days could be frustrating. But if you're there trying to find your own answer as well, you have to go through the same process. So, um, right. as I said, we don't design for our clients. We design with our clients. So normally, okay. if we need time, it is the client that's contemplating the same, the very same problem as well. Okay, um, gotcha. So, yeah, making them a part of the journey, I think, is first, firstly more enjoyable for them. Mm. Uh, but secondly, you appreciate the process and you learn. And normally when you start a business and you launch a product, there will be a mark too, or you have a different idea. And I think the benefit of actually running through the whole process is, is part of the team to start with. Mm -hmm. I think that, that gives you a very good starting point for the next one. And how advanced would a concept be when a client comes to you um, on the whole? Do they... Is it just an idea or have they already put some sketches together or where would it typically be? We've had people coming in with doodles on napkins <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, or a prototype that works, but they can't bring the cost down. So it could be right. literally anything. Oh, OK, it could be anywhere in that process. Yeah. And you can you can help. OK. Yeah, we had we had a big company, uh, the Italian, but they also uh, they, um, they work in the UK. Um, that produces ice cream machines and they couldn't bring the cost down and we had a look at the design and managed to bring the cost down by nearly 40% oh by wow. just changing, not changing much, but just right. 
how things are made and, and certain elements and features. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as long as we can bring value to a business, we're happy. We don't insist yeah. on running through the whole process. Um, yeah. To us, we just want to challenge. And sometimes that's the whole process. Sometimes it's a very narrow, um, very small stage that you need to. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Carry out. And um, yeah, I mentioned in the intro about your uh, involvement with Enmite. Yeah, we love Enmite. You love Enmite. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, can you tell us, for those who haven't really heard of Enmite, which probably isn't that many people, but probably a few, uh, can you tell us a bit about it and uh, well, the philosophy finally, around it? Well, finally, after many, many years, we have our own university in Hereford, and it's all to do with engineering. And um, it was quite an ambitious project. I sat in many networking events where young people stood up and said, um, we want to stay in the county. We go and we go away. We, you know, we we go to university. We come back, and there aren't any opportunities. And what are you, business leaders, going to do about this? And um, it, it just always felt wrong that people had to, you know, if you enjoy the county and if you if you feel passionate about where you are, you should you should be given the opportunity to to carry on with your life here. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that was part of what we tried to do. We, we wanted to be creative. We wanted to be. We wanted to make a difference and actually prove a point because when I started the business, everyone I knew said to me, you're wasting your time. It's never going to work. Right. And then well, might have that in, attitude as well. Hereford. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had that attitude as well and the whole engineering profile and just the whole education system and having something in the county was a very good starting point. Mm-hmm. But what I really liked about Enmite was the way they... Um, they actually structured the course of education. Okay. I found it very similar to the German way of education. It was like you do a module of theory and a module of practice. So a lot of companies, local companies, were involved in supporting the university. And you were just given the opportunity to actually learn something and go and practice it after that. Mm-hmm. Because to me, some people are academic, some people learn on the job. And I think one of the downsides of the education system is, and I was mentioning that earlier, actually, you've got a very small template and you find mm-hmm. all these brilliant individuals you know trying to force them to mm-hmm. to produce the same result yeah. which is wrong you yeah know, you know one of our best clients um he couldn't pass his gcses and instead developed <laughs> the the best algorithms for virtual reality and he ended up getting <laughs> a massive contract and you think you know things are not working and yeah. i think having a more flexible approach having uh, having an education that uh, having a, a format that allows you to actually explore more hands-on way of thinking and learning i, I love that idea and yeah. um, if you actually look at the way the course is structured yeah I, I find it personally very exciting okay yeah is it a was it an einstein quote about making a fish climb a tree or something that's uh, that's very much the case yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay so uh have you been involved with them since the beginning then have you yeah, three or four years ago, we started okay. actually supporting Enmite. We're actually sponsoring a student as well. And I would actually okay. invite any company uh, that can afford to do that to actually get in touch with Enmite um, and discuss this opportunity. Um, there's a lot of young people in the county, a lot of very bright young people mm-hmm. uh, who, if they're given the support, um, will actually do very well. And I think for businesses, that's a very important way of actually supporting the university because you get to meet that student throughout the course of education and mold them your own way. And if you wanted to keep them and employ them at the end of the course, that would be an opportunity they would they would appreciate. But it kind of de-risks it for the company as well that is mm. investing in that person because you're taking on someone you, you already know. 
Yeah, uh, you yeah. help them build work, build working habits, uh, soft skills, anything that's to do with your culture in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a it's just a process and a and a chunk of time that you don't normally get when you employ a new person. Right. Okay. So um, yeah, it's, it's a, a bit, it's a, a fantastic like a, opportunity. So I'd um, bit like a sort of supercharged apprenticeship in a way. <laughs> yeah, but the reason I like it, it's actually not condensed into into two yeah. weeks or a month. It's not your normal work experience where people get stuck by a copy machine and they yeah. don't get any meaningful experience out of it. It's actually a three year course. Yeah. And you get to meet that student every now and again, giving them different roles and giving them different opportunities to find out how your company works and where they slot better and what they feel passionate about. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, you, you've got to keep in mind that young people, they, they're actually developing their skills and personalities and they're developing as professionals Yeah. within yeah. that course. Um, yeah. And you actually have the brilliant opportunity of influencing them. Okay. So. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you obviously passionate about building Hereford and everyone around you and everything which is uh, you know is great have you found it a struggle to find people sometimes locally or have you always found found people that you need quite the opposite actually it was yeah. a really ple- I was really pleasantly surprised how many people shared the same passion and how many people were happy to just help or if you had an idea regardless of what it is and it benefited the county the answer was always yes straight away right so okay i think we're really lucky and um i think that will start showing over the next few years yeah yeah, yeah. okay can i ask you a bit about your marketing and everything for the business because yeah, i know course. you're you're pretty uh pretty good on it <laughs> what <laughs> what not do me you personally <laughs> well not you personally but i mean yeah. you you go out and yeah. you, you know you're very proactive with your marketing yeah. i think aren't you can you talk to us a bit about what you have in place and, and, and how it works? Um, well, basically, uh, we use different social media platforms, we use the website and we use Google advertising. And mm-hmm. what we like doing is we try and build as much as possible in the back end of the website so we understand where inquiries come through, mm-hmm. which pages do they go on, how long do they spend on that page, do they come off um, after a few seconds or what are the trends? Are there certain things that people are finding difficult or do they enjoy their stay on the website? And we're linking all this with, uh, up with CRM systems and um, other tools we use just to understand our consumer. Um, my personal view on the website is actually, and a lot of businesses I think make that mistake, is they try and get their websites to do more than they should. Right, um, okay. So from our point of view, a website is just a piece where y- you go and find out if you're at the right place, if um, this is the right company for you, and really just get an understanding of the team, the kind of work we do, and mm-hmm. whether we're right for you. Mm-hmm. So anything we can actually find data-wise to understand our consumers, because you don't get to speak to everyone. You know, A lot mm-hmm. of people come on the website, and most of them would come off. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the case with any company and any website. But just understanding the behavior and what the expectations are just help us design a better journey. Right, okay. Um, and we're trying to do the same through social media. Um, we're on a few channels. I'm personally on LinkedIn mainly. Yeah. I actually deactivated my Facebook account three months ago and I'm really oh, happy. That's yeah. a part of my life anyway. sounds quite nice actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got more time for work now, which uh, was not the intention. Uh, but um, the company is on Facebook and you know we, yeah. we like to connect with the different audiences and th- understand what they're looking for right um, okay yeah and sometimes when we're not the business for them we're always going to suggest a different company that would be right yeah uh, for that kind of project so 
I think we just enjoy connecting with our audience and understanding what they're looking for. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's the bigger plan for the marketing campaign. No, I love it, and uh, yeah, I love your approach to what's that phrase saying? A rising tide uh, helps all, or something, isn't it? You know, yeah. you sort of try and bring everyone up, and and the whole town and county and uh, and everything. So uh, yeah, it's great. Again, it doesn't feel like work. It's just something we're passionate about, and. Um, you know, until we can, we're going to continue doing it. Yeah, I love it. Well, we're coming up towards the uh, the half hour mark. You you might be <laughs> relieved tonight. Uh, I'm just going to ask if anyone else, anyone in the audience, has got a question for Christo at this stage. Well, Christo, can I, can I just say what a fabulous ambassador you are for Hereford? Thank you. I thought a question, so. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a, state, a statement of facts that is an incredible ambassador. My, my oh, son went you. to college over in, in Hereford, and he's now gone to university to study uh, engineering. Brilliant. Uh, but, you know, what, what a, you know I, I nominate you to be Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. And I would invite your son to come over and spend time with us when he's back um, uh, for his uni break. We'd love to involve him in work and give him engineering problems and just give him that experience of, of how things go in a design consultancy. There we go. Was there another question? Uh, yeah. I was just going to comment. I mean, in your contribution to um, yes to the university there in Hereford, increasingly we're finding that um, entrepreneurs are doing that type of thing. What's your view? Is that the new way of entrepreneurship? Is that a key part of it? Is the opportunity to make? I don't think that's the new way. Actually, I think that's always been the way, but I don't think anyone realised it. Um, I would invite anyone who has a problem or is starting a business or they're not quite sure what to do next to find a business online, even on LinkedIn, even if it's someone you've never met before, send them a message and ask, can I take an hour of your time? You will find that 99% of the business owners actually without knowing you will take time out of what they're doing to help you. And I think what people don't realize is that business owners are approachable and they will always help. And it's a big misconception that it's difficult to get hold of them or speak or get advice. You know, even if you look at the, all the mentoring group and the coaching groups and everything that's happening online, there are all sorts of things we have to do at work and we're all very busy, but we all find time for this. So I think, yeah, I think collaboration is definitely the way. I think it probably will become a little bit more obvious over the next few years. Uh, but I think it's always been the way and people just don't realize it. Great. Well, um, yeah, thanks again for coming Thank and doing this. Me. And thanks to Ruth for uh, volunteering you. <laughs> Uh, again, you're at simpledesignworks.co.uk. Yeah. You're, you're, you're active on LinkedIn uh, and you're on Twitter a bit as well. Because uh, SDW underscore limited. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. But no, thanks, Christo. Really appreciate it. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.